The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Picky are they? Let me know at 630, 630. Um, You know, I know people who will only eat chicken fingers and ketchup. Um, I know other people who refuse to have their food touching on the plate. Uh, well, check out this story from England where a boy who eats nothing but French fries, potato chips, and occasional piece of ham has been left blind because of it. For nearly a decade, these are the only foods a teenager from Bristol has eaten. Chips, crisps, white bread, sausages and processed ham. A restrictive diet that lacks so many essential vitamins. By the age of 17, he was going deaf and blind. It's not as if the family didn't try Mm. to introduce fruit and vegetables. He was referred to the Bristol Eye Hospital, but by then the damage was permanent. When he told us about his diet and his history of having had vitamin B12 deficiency when he was 14 was a clue that he may have problems with his diet, Um, we realised straight away that his visual problems were due to his poor nutrition. The teenager was found to be low in vitamin B12, which can be found in fish, meat and dairy. He also had a markedly reduced bone mineral density and vitamin D level found in fatty fish like salmon, also in cheese and egg yolks. And he was lacking other important minerals such as copper and selenium found in nuts and leafy greens. Neither he nor his family knew the damage his diet was doing until it was too late. The links between a poor diet and things like cardiovascular disease and obesity are relatively well known. What's less known is you could find yourself here in an eye hospital. If caught early enough, the damage to eyes can be reversed, but if left untreated, it can lead to permanent blindness. The teenager, who's now 19, is being treated for a possible eating disorder. Nutritionist Anna Mapson works with parents who have children who are fussy eaters. I would advise parents to try different methods of getting food in. So sometimes it could be about giving a smoothie with like hidden vegetables in and fruits. Could be putting vegetables into cake. Sometimes that can work and keep on offering it because we also know that children and when they're babies take between eight and ten times to try a food before it will be accepted so often we give up too soon most parents know it isn't always easy to persuade children and teenagers to eat healthily although extreme this case highlights the potential long-term consequences of a poor diet becky johnson sky news bristol Alrighty, so want to hear your picky eater stories what kind of picky eaters do you have at your house what do they what do they do when it comes to their food um you know this this kid going blind and deaf because of being a picky eating eater only eating fries potato chips and the occasional piece of sliced ham um jason we 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 decided to call in our pal jason tetro of course the germ guy host of the super awesome science show um to kind of delve into this a little bit are you a picky eater i can be there are things that i would rather not have uh but the fact is that you know, if it's cooked well or if it's spiced well, then most of the time I'll, I'll have things. Lychees are a little bit too much like eyeballs for me, okay. though. 
but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I can be a little picky. My husband laughs at me when it comes to things like. Um, Maybe it's chicken wings. They have to be. Nothing can be bouncy. Bacon can't be bouncy. Chicken wings can't be bouncy. Um, chicken has to be cleaned, like very clean. There's no, there's no what I call goobers left on them. There's none of the, 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 the clots or the, 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 the tendon. That all has to be gone. I have texture issues. Yeah. Like milk, milkshakes. I have issues with. Um, Cheesecake, I have issue with. Wow. Um, my husband will actually taste it first, and he'll look at me because I'm not, don't even try it. Oh wow! Like creme brulee, I love the idea of it, but not going to happen. So, how can one lose their sense a sense from being a picky eater? Like in this case, it's uh, it's quite difficult um, because one of them ways that this happens is essentially uh you know you you've tried something you don't like it you haven't gone back to it much like we were just saying in the report but there also is a clinical condition uh it's called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder and what this means is that you are essentially avoiding certain types of foods because it's causing a psychological concern in your brain so if you have been eating certain types of foods that make you feel good and, you know, you, you have maybe a susceptibility to mental health issues, depression, that type of thing, and you associate with that with a food, yeah. then you may want to be avoiding or restricting that food because it makes you feel that way. For me, it's peanut butter. If I have, when I was younger and I had severe anxiety and other problems, yeah. I would always be eating peanut butter. So that became my Linus blanket. And now today, if I ever have peanut butter, it brings me back to those days. So I just avoid it entirely. My my niece, uh, Aaliyah, when she had a flu bug, she'd had some bacon that morning, had yeah. the flu bug, got sick through a bacon. And to this day, she won't eat bacon. Yeah. It's like a complete shame. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> In our family, it's a complete complete shame. Okay. So in this case, the, the vitamin deficiency, all that sort of stuff, the, the, the dislike of certain vegetables. And you talk in, in that story, there was talk about how oftentimes you can take up to eight times before yeah. someone likes it and, and the way your taste buds are in your mouth and how they change over the years. Um, is dis, is disliking the flavor of a vegetable or a food, is that, are you born with it or does that come later in life? Well, I mean, there are certain ones that are genetically related. Cilantro. Cilantro. Yuck! Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's called ORF6A2, but it's a it's a gene. Okay. Uh, and it picks up certain types of bitterness. And so with cilantro, what happens is that if you have this little polymorphism, a little change, then the gene will make you think that it tastes like soapy or chlorine. Yeah. So in that case, there are definitely genetic components that will make you feel a certain way with respect to certain foods. Mm. Sometimes it's historical. The idea that if you happen to have, say, binged too much on a particular food or a particular type of drink, and then you ended up throwing up, you may never go back to that for bacon or yeah. um, peridot and, you know, something like that. <laughs> schnapps. Ah, you know, who knows, right? <laughs> well, the fact is that you eventually become... I guess you, you you stay away from it simply yeah. because it reminds you of something. Hmm, okay, interesting. Um, I was reading too that in in nature, bitterness usually um, is is a good that's danger. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of the plants that are dangerous can be bitter, yeah. and maybe that's something that 
I don't know, deep down inside that we sense as well. Well, in there are a number, number of times where bitterness can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. There are numerous times where bitterness can be a bad thing. Uh, it's really more about the extent of the bitterness that really can turn you on or turn you off yeah. to it. Because, I mean, who doesn't like their bitters with their gin, right? Um, <laughs> so the fact of the matter is that there are certain levels of bitterness. The other thing you have to realize is umami, yes, which has sort of a bitterness to it, is a completely different flavor. And that actually is good for you because it usually signify something that's been fermented which is going to give you really good types of amino acids the description of umami is what though for people who don't know what umami is it's Uh, it's it's basically a uh a a malty uh type of acid flavor that essentially is for me, it just basically means it's been fermented. Okay. Because for, okay. because umami in that case is the the fermented acids that are produced. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All righty. So it can happen. Vitamin deficiencies, and there's there's some other disorders that go along with this as yes. well. Um, but we want to know about picky eaters. Who's your picky eater in your house? What is their thing? Carl in Vegreville, hold the line. I need to take a break. We'll get your phone call. You can give me a shout at 496-0063. You can text me at 630, 630. Tetro joining me in studio along with the new producer of this show, CBG. Hello, Jalen. Chris Brentlinger-Grant, CBG for ease. Uh, We're talking picky eaters. Were you a picky eater, Chris? Yes, I was deplorable to work with as a young child. (laughs) I feel so bad for my mom and for my girlfriend now because there are still some foods that I will not touch. Like what? Zucchini. Zucchini is... Why? It's... It's ew. <laughs> it's ew. I can't put it in other any other way. No, I, I will not do zucchini. I'll have eggplant, which is close, you might say. It's not yeah. a texture thing. It's just it's just a flavor. I will never warm to zucchini. I warm to kiwi fruit. I warm to grapefruit. A whole bunch of foods that I swore zucchini. that the six-year-old self swore that I would never get into, but zucchini is absolutely inequivocally off the table forever and good riddance. Okay, so another one for me. I love the flavor, the taste of banana. You will never, ever see me eat a banana. The texture of it, it's it's just disgusting. Well, that's because it's the Cavendish banana that we have here. There are certain, there's a number of different types <laughs> of banana. Hold on, Carl. Hold on, Carl. There's a whole different type of banana that you can have. Mm. And if you go to Costa Rica, in the middle of the jungle, there's a beautiful little spot there. They have these little bananas. They're probably no no longer than um, your, your index finger. But the texture. Do they chew up kind of like... Yeah. It's no. Like, it's creamy. Nah. It's delicious. Mm. It's so good. Carl, you have a picky eater. What's uh, your story? Um, I had a blonde terrier. A blonde terrier? Yeah. Okay. And this is just going out there, but um, I would... Uh, and, you, a, and you mean a blonde terrier, like a dog, right? Yeah. Okay, this isn't a, a, a code for anything. No, okay. it's just totally nuts because... I would toss a couple stuffed uh, olives. Yes. And it would spit out the pimento. It would spit out the pimento. Your dog would spit out the pimento. Yeah, eat the rest of it, but just spit out the red pimento. <laughs> what What was your dog's name? 
Sarah. Sarah, the pimento spitting dog. Love it. Thanks for the call, Carl. Appreciate it. A uh, lot of people texting in about uh, their picky eaters in their family. Yeah, kids especially are notorious for this. And I did some investigative journalism of about course. the top 10 foods that children despise. Okay, want to hear them? You, you want to give a couple guesses here? Uh, broccoli. Yes, number three. Spinach. Yes, number 10. Um, fish. Number one is fish. Yeah. That was surprising to me. I thought that Brussels sprouts for sure was going to be number one. Brussels sprouts are broccoli, but fish of all varieties takes yeah. the cake at number one. And I think part of that, I think a lot of kids don't necessarily like the smell of the yes. fish. Smells right? and textures are really a big part of uh, getting to know the food, especially as you're a four or five-year-old kid. You have to use all the senses. Uh, the texture of zucchini does make it kind of gross. It's all about the bad texture. This is texture. what I've been telling people. <laughs> and the funny thing is that when it comes to you are growing, as our taste buds are developing, you are going to be able to detect different flavors and you can train yourself to taste those different types of flavors which is why we have you know sommeliers for for uh, for wine in mm-hmm. that but what doesn't change over time is that memory if you've ever had a bad experience and it's almost oh, impossible yeah. to get out of that yeah. so if you if you for some reason think that you know, zucchini is just too slimy or bananas, the texture is just too creamy. It's almost impossible for you to get around that. Listen to this. Figure this one out, you guys. I like peanuts. Can't stand peanut butter. I like tomato soup. I can't stand tomatoes. Again, I think it's a, it, oftentimes it's a texture That's thing. entirely textures, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, parents step up. We have a nephew that was a very picky eater when he was 14. The doctor said he would admit him to the hospital if he didn't start to eat right now. He now eats a wide variety of foods. That's from Beth. Threatening is one possible option, but you have to be absolutely sure that the psychology of the threat is going to be, first off, heard, mm-hmm. but more importantly, is stronger than the psychology of the uh, restrictive uh, food intake. Um, my daughter won't eat any fruit, but eats every vegetable. That's from Curtis. And this one, my friends have a kid who will only eat hot dogs and rice. Hot dogs and rice. Uh, Donna's on the phone. Donna, you're hot laughing. Hot dogs and rice. That's hilarious. Do you have a fussy eater in your family? Um I was uh, forced to eat eat liver growing up, Ugh. and uh, yeah, but now as an adult, I can eat it. I, I love liver slathered with onions and bacon and mashed potatoes, and but anyways, um, but I wanted to share with you, because um, I, I had twin girls, right? Oh, that's right, but, yeah. So, so I, 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 one day somebody said to me, you know, if you say they're picky, fussy eaters, then you pigeonhole them. So I came up with the word, they had particular tastes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Miranda loved avocados, and I joked with her, and I'd say, you know, just because I, bo- I birthed you and I raise, you raise, I'm raising you doesn't mean I can share my avocados with you. Oh, avocados. Okay. She loved avocados. Georgia couldn't stand them, and I had to pick out the mushrooms or just not put them in. Yeah. But yeah, so, and they, they uh, grew to have like a... I hate for I hate on for egg salad eggs period just eggs period. So yeah. the only way I could feed them eggs was French toast, <laughs> and they loved French toast. <laughs> Donna, love it. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. My niece, for the longest time, uh, we could not tell her that beef was cow. 
for some uh-huh. reason. Yeah, yeah. It was as, when she was a kid, we would always just call her, you know, I have a hunk, a hunk of beef. Mm-hmm. And when she'd ask, you know, where does that come from? No, it's just beef. If, if cow was brought into the picture, there would not have been any eating of that. One of my most vivid eating memories from when I was a kid, I'll say I was five or six, uh, my mom and I pulled over at the side of the road and went to a diner and ordered pork chops. And I guess they weren't done particularly well. Oh. And so I hated pork chops. Yeah. She made them a couple years later saying we we're having pork chops. I was crying like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, you're having pork chops, make me something else. She bought it out and it was cooked very well and I mm-hmm. thought it was chicken and I was asking, when are we having the pork chops? And it was, oh, you already had it. And that problem solved. There is a science too, a little bit behind, uh, I was reading, um, sometimes that pork can have a little bit of a different flavor or a smell and it's based on, I think, some of the things that was, were going on when uh, it went to slaughter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is first off, the feed is going to have an effect on yeah. how the meat tastes, but also the way that the slaughter yeah. happens. There's a, a, a humane and, and easy way of making sure that you do this and if you do it that way then the meat is going to taste really great but if you happen to stress the animal out which unfortunately does happen more often than yeah. not uh, it can lead to um, uh, stress chemicals getting yeah. into the meat and it kind of turns it off so you and, and, and if you don't cook it all the way white yeah then it'll have that flavor. my father my father-in-law would always say it smells piggy when it was raw. He said, yeah. it smells piggy, it smells and piggy. normally it doesn't. But he says, today it smells piggy. I'm not going to eat that. Yeah. Uh, your stories on your picky eaters, keep them coming at 6.30, 6.30. We'll have some fun with that, uh, with that conversation through the next little bit. Stick around.